Well, Ulysses, typically we do our mailbags on Wednesday. We do the midweek mailbag, but it is the off season, so we're playing around, trying out some different things, and why not? Let's do a mailbag on our Friday. Well, uh, our Fridays are fun Fridays, and there's is there anything better than mailbags? I don't think so. And besides, we had to do the 40-man crunch series, which we've gotten really positive feedback from people, and, and we really appreciate that. Drop your comments on those videos. If you haven't checked them out, they're one, two, three-parter, so... Make sure to uh, watch those and, of course, hit like and subscribe. And let's get started with this fun Friday right now. You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sombrano. And we are the host of the Locked on Rays podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked on Rays your very first listen every day. And remember, Locked on Rays is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked on Rays. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram and send us an email. Get us those mailbag questions, off-season mailbag questions, or voice memos. We take those too, LockedOnRays at gmail.com. Um, you listen, before we dive into the mailbag here, I should note regarding the three-episode 40-man arc, if you will, please, if you're a listener out there, if you're going to listen to them all, which we encourage you to do, please do it in order. Otherwise, it probably won't make a lot of sense. Part one, part two, part three. Part one dropped on Tuesday, part two on Wednesday, part three on Thursday. Thank you for mentioning that because I'm, I'm afraid that people are going to be like, what are they talking about? So like, yes, please do listen to them in order. Uh, it's not like Star Wars. You, can, you can't just do yeah. episode one. You should do episode four. Okay, let's go original trilogy here. And then you can go back to, to, to whatever that was in right. the early 2000s. Um, but yeah, please do it in order. One, two, three. And, 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 and again, that was the big picture. But of course, we didn't even touch. We kind of did touch on non-tender uh non-tender yeah. candidates we didn't talk about the deadline because it's a little bit past the rule five protection i think it's uh december 1st but of right. course we're going to talk about non-tender possibly next week and you know i did drop a name there uh jt shagwa that that, that mm. could be a non-tender candidate so there's a lot to talk about people there's a lot to talk about and of course we have player reviews coming up kevin we love those we do indeed yes uh player reviews um we have to, uh, I guess, determine who makes the cut for those player reviews. And, of course, the, the non-tender question is very important as well. The, I think the Rays have 19 arbitration-eligible players. Yeah. In Most in MLB. Most. Yeah. I mean, it's not surprising because the, the Rays typically have a lot of uh, pre-arb guys that go into arbitration instead of signing guys out of free agency outright. I know that it's, we won't have trivia or name that war. I know, bad spoiler, bad plot twist here today. But I will make a quick organic trivia for all of you. Kevin, do you know how much money is estimated, according to the Tampa Bay Times, our friend mm-hmm. Mark Topkin, uh, for all of those 19, what it would be the combined bottom line for all of those 19 guys? I made the Wow, that's today. a great question. 19 guys... What's the average arbitration figure? I'm going to say 
I'm going to say like between 50 to 60 million dollars. Close, close. But again, we're, we're, we're talking Rays baseball. Okay. So. Uh, $40 million, 30 to $40 million. Drop it down a couple pegs. $42 million, $45,000. So in other words, the Rays will not be bringing back all 19 arbitration eligible players. Probs not. And we'll talk yeah. about that later on, people. We will. Not on this episode, but this episode. later on in the uh, future on Locked on Race. All right, let's dive into these mailbag questions. This first one from Jeff Ardle. He says, I love that you covered part of this the other day. What if we just kept the th- uh, these three players we had? Jay Cronenworth at second, Nate Lowe at first, and Travis Darno at catcher. Their numbers and salaries versus what we have now would we still be playing, as in playing in the playoffs? Thank you, Jeff in Dunedin. Dunedin, a very underrated town and city in the Tampa Bay area, I might add. Uh, very hidden gem with all that. But, uh, yeah, Cronenworth, Lau, Travis Darnell. Uh First thing that comes to mind is if the Rays had all those three players in the fold, perhaps the Rays would still be playing playoff baseball additionally uh we wouldn't be droning on and on about the lack of offense uh they wouldn't have to probably necessarily go into the free agent pool in 2023 and and look for a name or multiple names they they would theoretically have all that shored up yeah uh jeff i guess chose violence today on a friday morning so thank you jeff for that just kidding jeff and dunedin (laughs) thank you for writing to us Man, that this is some like Marvel alternate universe what if episode. Like, oh man, Jay, look, let's let's go one by one. Jake Cronenworth, he is, mo- he's a utility guy, really, but a second baseman. He's a second baseman who is put into other situations just because the team knows that he's capable of doing them, but it's not because he excels at them. I, right. In fact, I looked at his numbers. I believe Jake Cronenworth only played eight games at shortstop. Um, and 13 games in first base. So the rest were basically uh, his second base position. So in this particular season, yeah, he would have been a fantastic um, upgrade as as a replacement for Brendan Lau. Uh, But then again, somebody needed to be out of the roster. So who could that be? Would it, that, that meant what less time for Isaac Paredes, less time for Taylor walls, um, again, I don't think it could have been Taylor Walls because who would have been at shortstop? Would you have then just put Jake Cronenworth at shortstop instead and then just put Isaac Paredes at second and then forego the, the, the defensive side at shortstop by putting Cronenworth yeah. there? I'm, I don't know. Well, that, you go back. I mean, if we're really diving deep into this, if the Rays of Jake Cronenworth on the roster, they may not have gone after Isaac Paredes at that point. In the, point. in the trade market, or if they did, um, I mean, it, <laughs> if it, if it, if it's between Jay Cronenworth and Isak Paredes, it's Jay Cronenworth that's getting the playoff, uh, the playing time. It's a four-war player. It's a, a four-war player that's yeah. arbitration eligible for the first time this year. And what's really frustrating about it, which we've expressed, is um, the Rays traded him and Tommy Pham for Hunter Renfro and slap blank prospect Xavier Edwards. Those are Blake Snell's words, not mine. 
Um, Fam uh, didn't really work out with San Diego. So, okay, that is what it is. What's really disappointing is that Renfro did not work out in the least at all with the Rays. I know it was during the pandemic season, but he just didn't seem like a good culture fit either. And then he goes on to Boston and Milwaukee and it's like, that's the player that the Rays needed. That Hunter Renfro, the Hunter Renfro of 2021 and 2022, not of 2020. And I guess the where he sort of uh, fell off the table in the second half of 2019 with the Padres before getting shipped off to the Rays. That's what's so frustrating about it. 100%. And I know we would probably have enough time uh, for the talk about this in the offseason. Uh, put a pedestal of worst yeah. trades uh, since 08. I think the Cronenworth mm-hmm. people would, would get a lot of votes. We'll put it on Twitter and get, and get other uh, race fans uh, take on it. But that's, that's a bad trade. Right. I mean, yeah. Xavier Edwards would have to become, which again, if you want to know his numbers and his comparison to Taylor Walls, please listen to part three of the 40 man crunch after you listen to part one and part two. But anyway, right. I digress. Xavier Edwards would have to be a three war player to be like, okay, that, that's, that worked yeah. out, but still like it's, it was a bad trade. It was right. a bad trade. And then uh, Nate Lowe, of course, traded to the Rangers for Arabito Hernandez, Oslevis Basabe, who we've mentioned and is picking it up in the minors and uh, Alexander Ovales. Um, again, I think, it's still too soon to determine uh, who has won or lost that trade. But if you're in win now mode and you're trying to do things now and you need uh, a guy that can bop out 27 homers now, that would be Nate Lowe. So there's that, that's what is uh, the difficult thing about that deal. Will it ultimately pay off? I still remain confident that it can just based on the, the skill set of Basabe and um, Hernandez, I think, is uh, could be a little something. But like you've said before, Ulysses, uh, prospects are lottery tickets, so you never know. Um, and, you know, Nate Lowe, again, won't be arbitration eligible until 2024. And uh, he plug and play with him. He, he solves your offense problem. He solves your first, bra- uh, first base problem as well. Nate Lowe means no G-Man Choi. Um, we did have uh, Bryce pa- Patrick from Locked on Rangers on the show in September. And unprompted, even though he went on to wax poetic about Nate Lowe's, or Nathaniel Lowe's, um, yeah. offensive prowess, unprompted, Bryce said, boy, but he can't catch a thing. Like, that's, without even saying a thing. Like, a guy was having a heck of a season with the bat, and unprompted, he goes, boy, but he can't, he can't catch. So would you take Nate Lowe's offensive production? I think we would all say yes. And then if he yeah. were to be a Jonathan Aranda-looking type of defense at first base, it would get tough to swallow the, the offensive right. <laughs> a production better. So I, th- I think that one isn't as a clear dunk like yeah. it is with Jay Cronenworth, but overall, I think, yes, that would make the team ultimately better. Yes, and um, and again, I think there's multiple factors with that. If the Rays realize that, okay, he can't really crack it at first base, what's amazing is that he, they even gave him a shot at third for a time. That was a disaster. But, um, you know, maybe he was a guy that, hey, I got to play in the field. 
I got to play in the field consistently. Yeah. I can't do this DH thing. And something that um, I, I don't mean to go on too long here, but uh, something has to be said about having Nathaniel Lowe and Josh Lowe in the same organization. And when one of those brothers gets traded away, how does that impact one or the other or both of them combined? You know, we talk about, uh, you know, the game is just pr- uh, played on a spreadsheet, but the the mental uh, support angle and stability angle has to count for something. When you lose, you literally lose your brother to another organization like that and probably didn't expect it. Um, that, that can't be, that can't be easy in the least. Um, and then of course, uh, like Jeff mentioned, Travis Darno, uh, this was not a trade. This was just a fact of letting him walk in free agency to the Atlanta Braves. And based on uh, the money that the Braves keep giving to uh, everyone to Darno and the multi-year contracts and the extensions that they like them some Travis Darno. Yeah, and I think all Rays fans were kind of disillusioned and disappointed uh, that the Rays didn't pursue Travis uh, after seeing his 2019 season. And in fact, there w- there are audios, not not videos, because we were not on YouTube back then. But if you go back to 2019, if you've got this much time on your hands, you can go back on your uh, on your podcast uh, platform that you listen to this and go to 2019 and we yeah. talk exclusively about they need to pursue Travis Darno they need to sign Travis Darno and boy would he have been helpful in the 2020 World Series when Mike Zunino wasn't hitting the side of the barn with a Boeing uh, yeah. 7 27 or 757 whatever they are okay uh, yeah he would have been helpful in 2020 uh then in 2021 zunino and travis darno uh yeah you can lick your thumbs because that's going to be delicious and then 2022 i mean do i need to say more about how yeah. maybe you know it got better in the end but uh, mejia bethancourt it is not the worst but you add travis darno there that's a whole different dimensional dimensional of a lineup Oh yeah, I mean he's a three-war player and basically an 800 OPS guy. He made the All-Star game this year for the first time in his career. Um, and I'm looking at it right now. You look at Darno, you look at Lowe, and you look at Cronenworth. That's basically like ten and a half WAR that you would have added to the Rays from 2022. So that's pretty remarkable from that perspective. Also. Um, I don't necessarily know off the top of my head what Travis Darno's splits are against righties, but Nate Lowe and Jay Cronenworth, those lefties we've talked about, and we know the ineptitude of the Rays' offense versus right-handed pitchers, that theoretically could have solved that problem as well. So uh, not to bring it too down, too too moody on an off-season mailbag episode. Hopefully uh, we have more of a, a livened-up question number two here. But before we get to that, we have to tell you about betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season that pertains to college basketball and NBA as well. And I think you can bet on international ball too if you want. Uh, you can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every single game. As always, BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering info, with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every single sport that is out there. I mean, we talked about basketball, football, MLB, MMA, boxing, golf, so much more as well. Uh, So be sure you head over to their website today, or you can use that mobile device of yours to learn more. 
Bet Online, it is where the game starts. Kevin, before we continue, I just want to uh-huh. say this because I know there will be a snarky comment. There's a snarky up up comment. It's coming. Oh yeah. That it's says coming. if you would have uh called up Jake Cronenworth, it probably would have been for Mike Brasso. And if Mike Brasso doesn't get called up and then he doesn't have in 19, then he doesn't have the spot in 20, which means that he doesn't have the, right. the magical moment with Chapman. I get it. I understand that. But couldn't Cronenworth also have some magic in him? My goodness. Yes. Question. Uh, before we move on to this next question, uh, I guess, I don't know if we're going to be able to get through all three, quite frankly. Maybe, um, maybe but not. If Jake Cronenworth, Nate Lowe, and Travis Darnot had been on the team since, when was the, the Cronenworth trade made? 2019? Uh, after the 2019 season. Okay. So let's assume that Cronenworth, Lau, Darno were on the Rays in and performing for them in 2020, 2021, 2022. Okay. Uh, would the Rays have had a rank? I mean, I, I, again, he was a 771 OPS guy, Nate Lowe, last year. So it wasn't like he was yeah. a week back. Imagine Nate Lowe right. in, 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 in the playoffs. I mean, it was just a bounce and a half that got the Rays out from the ALDS against the Red Sox. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, again, the Houston Astros were a machine last year too, but they yeah. faltered in the end, right? So right. I, I would take uh, that lineup. Oh, man, it's just that that 2021 lineup will be unforgettable. It was so D-E-E-P. My goodness. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Uh, all right. Uh, Samuel Bayless has a question about the designated hitter. Just want to get your thoughts on the universal DH. Do you think it has made a difference in this postseason? I haven't heard anyone really talking about it in commentary. Cheers. Sam from a little suburb called Heathcote in Sydney, Australia. So hey. a little bit further from Dunedin, from us anyway. Well, Sam Bayless, I'll tell you what, if I'm ever in Sydney, Australia, I'll make sure to check out Heathcote and DM you and be like, hey, show me around that suburban uh, Heathcote. Um, I guarantee that uh, Curtis Mead knows about Heathcote in Sydney. Perhaps he does. Perhaps yeah. he does. Um, man, I, I think I, I would have to just go with the boldest Exhibit A. Uh, that yes, the, the universal DH has been fantastic this year. And I'll say for one world series team. And that is of course the Philadelphia Phillies with Bryce Harper, the guy had been injured. So he didn't play in the field that much in 2022. Then he really gets hurt and is out for, uh, half of the season after Blake Snell nailed him with a fastball and the thumb, but he's been a DH man. For yeah. the majority of the season, so and and you saw what he did in the NLDS. You saw what he what he did in the NLCS. Um, this is the biggest uh, universal DH bump up that any team could have gotten. Is a superstar who you want to get at bats and doesn't get in trouble and gets suspended for other things. Uh, you know what I'm talking right. about. Right he gets to take at bats for his team and, and, and do something. And, and that's Bryce Harper. And so I think, yeah, Sam, this, this has been huge for the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, yeah, I think 
the Phillies have gotten the biggest bump of anybody with the universal DH coming through the pipeline, particularly like you mentioned with, um, with Bryce Harper, but also it gives them a cushion of rotating if, and when, uh, Harper's able to play in the outfield again, probably, you know, next season or whatever, um, that we know Kyle Schwarber is necessarily the most uh, sure-handed, nor is Nick Castellano. So you can kind of get creative with moving those guys and shifting those guys around in that role, maybe among others too. But, um, you know, it's funny if you look across, and I, I read a recent article about the Universal DH and the effect on the National League, um, you you are because of that seeing less strategy, of course, fewer, no double switches, uh, less bunting, um, and a lot of these teams in the National League are, or at least for this first year, have taken the the Rays approach of all right, we're not just signing one guy, we're not just signing Nelson Cruz to be the full time DH. It's a right. DH by committee. It's a uh, a rotation, if you will, uh, of that spot. You don't see a lot of full-time DHs with that role. Will, will that change in the future as they, they figure out how they can best maximize it? Perhaps, but I also think there's something to be said for, you know, okay, Schwarber needs a night off or need, needs rest uh, from his legs. Same thing with Castellanos, Harper. I mean, you just go down the list. Um, you, it, it really becomes a nice, uh, hey, we still want to keep this, productive bat in the lineup, but we also want to, you know, keep him healthy for, for 162, the lower body that is. Yeah. And, and I think the Rays have to do it. I think other teams might, might think it's a good idea, but the Rays have to yeah. do it because of the turf. Most, most, yeah. most especially I mean, those legs are going to get hurt, man. And, mm-hmm. and so you, you're playing on concrete basically. Um, so they, they have to do that for the DH role. Uh, again, they didn't do it in 2021, and boy, was that nice to have that offense. I'll, I'll always dream about the 2021 offense, yes. uh, and I think every race fan will if they were uh, into it as much as obviously we were. Uh, but yeah, the Universal DH for for the Phillies has been a godsend, and look, it's got him to the uh, to not only the playoffs, obviously to the playoffs, but to the World Series, to the World yeah. Series, and and he's just they just need four wins. It's amazing. The Phillies are four wins away from being the World Series champions of not 08, of not 09, of not, you know, 2010, of 2022? Yeah. Are, you, are we serious? Like, that's that has to be the biggest plot twist in a while. In a while. Yeah. Again, it's not necessarily the, the best team on paper that wins the whole damn thing. You got to play... The games and sometimes it's the team that's come on strong and is riding a hot streak and the the phillies certainly have done that um don't, now, don't get me wrong though i mean the, the, don't get me wrong the braves that was a great story you know they weren't right. even 500 until what august and and, and, nationals and, and the nationals yeah exactly the, the nationals 19 and 33 record uh so they were talking about firing david martinez on 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 yeah. on mlb radio which this guy i i i hate that program it's so bleh. who's the guy call him out who is it or who was it i think it was at 4 p.m is it uh, his last name was, was it an s casey stern yes that okay. guy oh he is the worst he you- is He's not on the show anymore. Actually, I think he was dealing with some sort of domestic issue or ah, some okay. sort of well, 
not on, not on, like I think it was his wife or ex-wife that was just bonkers. So I kind of feel bad for the guy. But uh, okay, well, it. okay. I'm sorry about that, Casey. But your your takes were awful. Your takes were awful. He was always like he was like Mad Dog Russo without the yelling. It was okay. it was like all right. That this doesn't even like get me that angry. It's just upsetting. Um. Anyway, Casey so Stern, yeah. by the way, the the grandson of Howard Stern. I don't know if you knew that or not. I did not know that. Yeah, what? I made it. I just made it up. They're oh. they're both on Sirius XM, so I didn't. But I was like, yeah. the ages don't match whatsoever. How old yeah. was he when he had his first son? I should have said son. I guess. Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> um, no, yeah. So Nationals, Braves, and maybe the Phillies now. And uh, just before we move along, um, we know about Bryce Harper and the DH role. Castellanos in the regular season played twelve games or was the DH in 12 games and Schwarber in 15. So I uh, played, I guess, you know, both those guys played a little bit more um, defense than I would have expected, but we had joked about that. Like, Oh Again, my God, Philly's the worst defense of all time. And, and Bryce Harper had, I looked it up 90 games as a DH. So yeah. they still had to cover some games after those three were in right. the DH role. So I think what will happen probably next year is, you know, when, Harper is healthy to go back in the field, then you're yeah. going to see Schwarber and Castellanos get more of the bulk of that. Um, all right, uh, let's move on to this last mailbag question of the episode, if I can pull it up right here. Uh, from Darren Hybert, he says, admittedly, this is a bit stuck in the past, but I want to call into question last year's free agent strategy for the race. It meant a lot to us as Rays fans that they offered $150 million to Freddie Freeman, but I didn't see any balls jacked out of right field as a result of the offer to his agent. Doesn't mean much if you don't close the deal, and I feel like they were shopping at the wrong dealership. While we were trying to make a deal on a shiny chromed-out Ferrari, the Yankees were content to shop at the Lexus dealership. And when the Freeman deal fell through, uh, Anthony Rizzo was already off the market, and we were stuck with platooning around G-Man Choi. Feels like we need a lefty slugger who knows when he shows up to the ballpark that he's putting on his gear and going to first base and mashing baseball. Should the Rays have pursued Rizzo instead of Freeman, and how would you guys solve first base for 2023? I think the Rays will only push money if the variance of that player's performance is very, very low. So what right. I mean by that is they will give money to free agents if they are stable, stable contributors. That just tells me that Anthony Rizzo, for them, the variance was a little bit too much for them to handle giving him 20 right. mil a year, maybe 16. I know, I know he got paid 16, but in order to win against the New York Yankees, yeah, I'm pretty sure Anthony Rizzo is going to yeah. ask more than 16 mil for, for, for the race. Again, uh, it, it's tough to say as a fan, but the trop, what it is and what it means uh, for attendance, it's, it's not, it's not like, any player's number one destination is a free agent. Boy, when I am a free agent, I'm going to go to St. Pete. Right. Like, can, can we as a race fandom like understand that? Yes, I get it. No state tax. That's amazing. Yeah, the beaches. Amazing. Oh, the right. weather. Oh, amazing. Fantastic. But they also have to care about where they work. They also yes. have to 
you know, like the atmosphere. And is it banging? Is it bopping? It bops in October, Troptober, baby. That's nice. Right. But I mean, it doesn't so, bop yeah, in June enough. or July. That's for sure. Um, and the other thing too, is I don't really fault the raise on the Rizzo thing because, uh, well, first off, he had pretty widely said, and it was well known that he liked the Yankees organization and wanted to return to the Yankees organization, uh, after, uh, was he traded this? He was traded from the Cubs to the Yankees, correct? Okay. Yeah. So, and again, we have to think of these players as people too. Do they really want to go from Chicago, New York to Florida in a span of a short period of time? I mean, I'm sure he's got a property in the Tampa Bay area, you know, you know, spring training with the Yankees and all that, but still my, my, I, I think my point is taken there that he didn't want to have to deal with a total change of scenery yet again. And, um, you know, there's just ties with his, his parents are from New Jersey and, uh, he's got a lot of family members up there too. Um, so I, I don't really fault the Rays on swinging and miss a, missing at Anthony Rizzo. I, I don't, I just don't think they really had a, a pitch to swing at with him. And then after Freddie Freeman, you know, putting all your eggs in the Freddie Freeman basket, it does make sense to a certain extent because, I mean, if we're strictly talking about first baseman, who else was really available on the market? Go down the list. Brad Miller? Matt uh, Olson, if by trade. Okay, but but just free agents. Okay, so just free agents. Um, yeah, I mean, there, it was, there, here's the list. Brad was, Miller, Yoshi Satsuko. Oh, boy. Uh, I didn't end well. Um, Ryan Zimmerman, who retired, Colin Moran, Daniel Vogelback, who actually probably would have been a really shrewd signing. I actually kind of surprised, like he signed with Pittsburgh and Vogelback has put up good numbers over his career and has one of the best walk rates in all of baseball. And he has deep Florida ties too. He was born in Orlando and went to high school in the Fort Myers area. So, and lefty, you know, so I, I, I feel like that could have been, he signed for like a million bucks. Like he's been, but he signed for one year, didn't he? So yeah, he's a free agent year, this yeah. year too. Uh, I think there's a team option. There might okay, be a the team Mets probably will pick but after that. There, there, there was nothing. Danny Santana, Albert Pujols, you weren't going to land him. Mike Ford, like there was nobody as far as first baseman, but if you're just looking for boppers, okay. Yeah. Kyle Schwarber was on the market, but how confident were they in giving him a four year, $80 million deal? Again, the the variance was they don't want to put money if that player's production has a high variance. If it's yeah. a stable, if it's low variance, then yeah, they'll be like, okay, we're okay with put, putting money on, on Freddie Freeman's because he's going to be a silver slugger, gold glover type guy, you know. Uh, so they're yeah. okay with that. But no, I, I would have been cool with like a Jock Peterson, like one year prove it deal. But again, well, people would ham and haw and complain about that. Like, why are you going? Out? Yeah, whatever. Um, I, you know, it's not like first base though. Could you put Jock at first? I don't, yeah, I, that's the other thing too. I mean, I mean, this, this question also, it's not like, you know, Darren's talking about 22, but Rizzo's available because he's going to opt out of that 16 million, uh, player option that he has with New York. So he's available. Vogelback could be available if, if the Mets don't pick up that option. Which I, don't uh, th- I think they're going to ha- pick it up. I mean, whatever that I would think. I would think, I would think, but I mean, so, so you, so you've got Rizzo available again. Are they going to go for him? 
Um, well, that's my question is, will the Rays, will the Rays spend at least $50 million on one single player this offseason? So $50 million total contract. Least, so like they, yeah. they can add so a, a four year, $50 million deal, three year, $50 million. Will they give a number that high, at least that high to a single player? No, no. So then they're not getting Anthony Rizzo, right? Well, Anthony Rizzo signed for two years, 32 mil. Okay. So could he maybe go for 240 this time around? Maybe 20 instead of 16 per per year? Mm-hmm. Or does he want the years to, to guarantee himself? Um, I don't know. I'm, so I, I just feel like 50 is way too big of a, of a number for one player. I, collectively, I would say, yeah, probably. Collectively, and, and by collectively, I mean they, they sign a Michael Brantley and an Anthony Rizzo, or Jose Abreu okay. and a Michael Brantley, uh, a Jock Peterson, um, a Joey Gallo. I know a lot of race fans want Joey Gallo. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, with, with the shift rules changing, player. then maybe you know Joey Gallo makes a little bit more sense when you add in the fact that, okay, he, he at least might have a fighting chance if he pulls the ball and it's not a home run. But my impression of Anthony Rizzo is if he's opting out, he wants a big payday. He wants as big as possible, no matter where that comes from. Is he going to get it? I agree with you. I, I, I would mean, think four mil he, more. So twenty. So for going from sixteen to twenty, it's not bad. But maybe the security is what he's looking for. Yeah, the security and the yeah. Um, Interesting. I mean, the the off season isn't even here yet, and we're having this much fun, Kevin. Right. Yeah. He's he's thirty three years old. So if I'm him and I'm opting out, I would think like I at least want a three year deal. Yep. Three four year yep. deal. Like this. One hundred percent. You you want this is your this is really your chance to cash last in one. that last time. Yep. And I mean, I, I I don't have his spray charts in front of me, but. I would think that he benefited in New York. Um, mm-hmm. So might be to some extent a little bit of fool's gold, but still a, a terrific, terrific ball player that has so many accolades to his name and has done a lot. Of Do you know how many home runs he got this year? 32. 32, in, a, 32 in 130 games and 548 plate appearances. In Yankee Stadium, though, Darren. So 32 home runs at the Trop. What is that, 24, 25? Something like that. Again, it's it's the most bop the Rays would have gotten this year. Right. So I'll, I'll give you that. But, I mean, you do have to give them the Trop dent because it yeah. is a pitcher's park. It's not, you know, Yankee Stadium, fly, pop-up, home run. That is true. That is true. Um, but that is, uh, again, there will be a lot of uh, – fun free agent and off-season topics and questions to dive into. We haven't even really gone through the full list of eligible free agents either. We've just kind of thrown out some names here and there of yeah. Michael Brantley, Jose Abreu, but um, there's there's other options and possibilities as well. Um, all right. Uh, thank you for those questions. Uh, Hopefully you enjoyed this uh, Friday mailbag episode. Um, yeah, it's the off season, but uh, we're always going to find something to discuss and dive into. And we've got the player reviews coming up from the 2022 season. That's always a fun time. So, 
be sure you keep listening to the Locked on Rays podcast and make sure you make your second listen, the Locked on Today podcast. That is also free and available on every single platform. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe and we will talk to you next week.